to fight through my feelings. Like I'm sure the number of times you've done uh, shows, because I've watched a lot yeah. of your shows and you at different churches, and I'm sure there's nights that you just don't feel like doing it because you've been doing it for a long time, right? But you got to kind of find that activator to flip the switch in you. So I always say amateurs listen to their feelings. Professionals don't always listen to their feelings. Yo, welcome to Funny How Life Works, where we use funny to help you understand how life works. I'm super excited because with me today is, I don't know if you've ever heard of the process, uh, the tanning. Um, Pastor Kyle is here and he did a detanning and, um, and here he is. He's actually detanned and he's um, changed his name as well. No, no, no. My guest today, actually really co-hosting with me today, not just a guest, but we did a podcast together mm-hmm. and it, and I did so good at that podcast, I decided that you should come in to the actual studio and let's co-host together. Yeah, I was impressed. This is yeah. <laughs> this is Jason Van Warmer, everybody. If you <laughs> This is um have, the next So anyways, so here's what's going to be so cool about this. This dude is like a genius, brilliant, um, and let me know if this gets weird for you. Super brilliant, super smart. His Instagram is like taking off mainly because he is simply, like he's just pouring into people at no charge, like one minute at a time. And normally you charge at least how much a minute? It's like sixty, like a dollar sixty a minute. Yeah, at least right yeah. now. Most and then it cuts off if you don't pay. Yeah, yeah it cuts off. You can be yeah. like, and all you have to do with your life is, <laughs> yeah. you're like, no, I don't got no money. Just stop right there. Cool, dude. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, man. This I so awesome. appreciate you. this. Yeah. Was for handsome. Yeah. cool, like for real. So we're gonna jump into together. And on top of that, we have another an actual guest. But before we jump into that, you may be asking a therapist, really a counselor, a comedic thought leader. And then a guy that wrote a book called Flip the Doggone Switch. What could you possibly learn from us? Were you about to find out? Okay. I love this podcast. You'll be laughing out loud and all of a sudden, boom, something that can really help you drops in your lap. I like it because I unexpectedly learn about life. It is so funny. I get to laugh and learn about life at the same time. I like listening to Funny How Life Works with the car of my parents. <laughs> With the car and my parents. Okay. Boom. First, yo, tell everybody about you, man. Yeah. So I'm a therapist. Not, uh, not just a not just a regular. Like you, you're super modest. Like you're not just a regular therapist. Like you, you can connect with people in a way that most therapists, I would imagine, probably have a hard time doing. So like you, you're very connectable online. Just you give some super insights. But okay, you can do the humble route if you want. Yeah, I'll, to. I'll do the humble route. Yeah, okay, we'll, cool. we'll go to the other stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm a therapist, but I, I think the deal is that um, I just really want to help people take action because so many times I, I see therapists uh, heavy on insight, low on action. Mm. And insight is wonderful, but if we don't take action, it doesn't really change anything for us. Um, and so what I really want to do is just walk out the action part with people because mm. that's often what they need. Like we live in a world where there's all the information you need day to day. But what we don't have is someone to walk out the action piece. And so that's where I think like there's just a huge need. So I've just been trying to do that. Um, it's just been on my heart is to help people walk that out in a healthier way. That is dope. 
Tell us about your last patient, man, and what was going on with her. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just ruin confidentiality and lose yeah. my job. So yeah, if you just got a second real quick, yeah, yeah. Uh, all this good stuff, we'll yeah. just throw it away Let's just start fast. with yeah. her first name and last name. Let's <laughs> yeah, do that. I think we got a picture of her. Social pull up security. Picture of Nancy. Social security number. Yeah. Should we pull that up? <laughs> that would be, <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. So, wow, dude, that's pretty dope. Like, have you ever had to say to someone you were counseling, have you ever had to say to them, you're sitting across the, the desk or, I don't know, how do you do it anyway? Is there a couch? I usually lay on the couch and they sit You lay the on desk. the couch? Yeah. Yeah, I usually Ooh, that's illegal and, in yeah, this country. It gets kind of weird sometimes it, it and does. I, I got to be careful with that. But. Have you ever had a, 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 a someone, a client and said to them, hey, you know what? Um, you're rambling on and I'm not really understanding what you're saying and for that reason, I'm out. Have you ever, have you ever said yeah. that? To, have you ever like fired a client? Can you fire a, a client? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work. Uh, even for them, right? So the whole thing is the relationships. No, no, I didn't ask if you got fired. I know this happened. Yeah, I'm saying, have you ever fired a client? <laughs> yeah. At the end of it, have you ever said to them, "Hey, uh, you're you're fired"? Just like, have you ever fired a client? Yeah, I mean, not in the "you're fired," but but like, hey, this isn't working. Yeah, because right. here's the thing: is the, the now, more was the cli- did the client have an issue in life where things just weren't working out? And he was like, you know what? I see a theme here. Um, <laughs> this isn't working out either. Have you ever? Yeah, they were like, I can't find anyone who likes me. I don't know what to do, and I'm like. Jeez, I gotta fire you. I'm, I am really sorry, like, but this, uh, is, this is this is totally this is a theme, yeah. uh, and so I'm gonna be part of that theme. Hey, I just uh, want you to know, I agree with all your friends. <laughs> this thing is not working. It's it's yeah. not us. It's you. Yeah. No, I, I think though I have had to say that a couple times because, I, and especially the farther you get along in your career and success, uh, there's not a lot of people who will tell you no. Mm. And sometimes it's actually like the most valuable thing is to just meet somebody and say like, uh, you're not doing the work. This isn't going to work for us. Uh, and people are shocked sometimes to hear that, but it's transformational because they needed to hear it. Wow. And, and so I wouldn't say that I've ever said that to somebody willing to do the work, but there's been times where I've just said like, Hey, if you don't want to do this right now, like I can't do it for you. That is beautiful. Yeah. Dope. Well, as my co-host, I'm gonna give you the honors of introducing our amazing guest that we got set up we're getting some strong guests on here this is dope but one thing i like about this guy and i'm gonna let you introduce him is really the haircut dude makes great choices <laughs> with regards to the haircut but um go ahead yeah 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 this is coach michael burt uh yeah. he has the book flip the switch um i have been looking through your instagram stuff it is fire it has been amazing um and basically what you're doing is you're just helping people get there and take those next steps and just interesting story i love it um, and I was thinking today as we're meeting, like, this is the trifecta of brilliance right here. Like, we're, wow. we're going to do something big today. The trifecta of brilliance. Now, when you say trifecta, there's normally like a, a pyramid. Which one is at the top in your vision of this? Which one I think is- it's you. <laughs> I think it's you. Hilarious. I think that's my, my Yo, right answer. Coach, welcome to the Doggone Show. We so appreciate you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I don't, I don't know if I hung around with you guys, I would get anything done during the day. I'm laughing. So much. Yeah, we don't get anything uh, done no, either. No. I won't point that out. But, I, but I, no, I love it. I love the banter and I love walking out the action. So thanks for having me today. Yeah, for sure, man. So um, flip the switch. Why? Why, why? why write that book? Because I've been fascinated and motivated by what activates the drive. Wait one second, of a Coach. Before you carry on, can yeah. you do it with a little less twang? It's kind of intimidating to me. Like it scares me a little bit. I would like you to, to up it. If you, you want could, to up it, you, yeah. okay. So you're <laughs> so you're fine right there where you are. He wants it up. I want it lower. So you stay. You stay. You, Coach. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it's just me. Southern <laughs> accent. Um, you know, I was a women's basketball coach for for over a decade, and I was always fascinated 
by taking a person that had some knowledge, some skills, some desire, some confidence and activating a, a drive inside of that person. So mm. I studied how to enter engineer people, how to tap into the whole person, body, mind, heart and spirit. And that's really been my my unique ability over the last 20 to 30 years. So that's really what the book is about. How do you activate and initiate a drive inside of a person to want more, to pursue their potential, to tap into their talent? Uh, and we call that drive a prey drive, which an animal has a prey drive, right? It's its instinct to pursue mm. something. And I have correlated that in humans. Uh, after 30 years, I said, man, humans have this drive. It just has to be activated by somebody or something. Mm. Wow, that's pretty cool. And then what is what, what's the key to activating that drive? Like, how do you know, first of all, that someone that their switch isn't flipped? What's the indicator that someone's flip switch isn't flipped? Well, if you think about energy, you know, it's dynamic, it's static or it's entropic. And that's how most people's lives are. They're 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 alive and vibrant and dynamic. You can kind of tell by being around people or they're stuck and static and complacent or they're kind of descending in life and they're just not growing. They're not getting any better. So when I'm around people, you can tell, but, but also when you really look at a person's performance, they know whether they're playing at a high level or not. And so what I did is I took the top 20 motivational theories. I deconstructed those theories and I basically came back to some, some big revelations that I had throughout my coaching careers that we move toward things we want. Right. Mm. And, but what happens when we have everything we want, uh, we become complacent Ooh. because satisfied needs never motivate only unsatisfied needs. So when I put it in this context, a lot of people in the audiences, when I speak, go, you know what? At one time in my life, my prey drive was activated. It's been deactivated or I'm in a complacent state or I want to play at a higher level than what I'm currently playing at. And that's really the purpose of the book is to show people what are the phases of this drive, which are activation, persistence and intensity. And then ultimately, what are the activators of this drive? Like what actually activates your drive? to play at the highest possible level you're capable of playing at. Wow. So I have a question. When you're happen, helping someone to activate their drive, or have you ever noticed, I'm making this phrase up right now, that some people have a drive already, but it's a counterfeit drive, and then you in turn replace it with something more pure or more real or something. When I say counterfeit, like some people may be running from something in the past and not even recognize that they're running from the thing. So it's a drive, but it's not really serving them. It comes with a lot of side effects. Have you ever noticed that there may be some, I may be making this stuff up or I'm sitting here with two brilliant dudes. I'm just like, is there a such thing as a counterfeit drive where people are running yeah. from something as opposed to towards something? Yeah. I mean, I think that may, that may be a question for the therapist, right? Um, oh, you're going, you're going to defer. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, well, 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 I mean, I I mean is up. it counterfeit? Is it where people struggle in my opinion? Mm hmm. Michael is, is the, is the drive is activated by something to me. That's the easy part. They're inspired, which means breathe life into they're motivated by something. They see mm. something they're exposed to something, but where they really struggle is the persistence and the intensity part. So it's right, like they get activated. Yeah. They start with good intention and then they fall off the wagon and then they experience guilt and then they start with good intention and then they fall off the wagon and then they experience guilt. And there's a vicious cycle. Uh, it was actually Rick Warren in the Purpose Driven Life that many years ago that that cop that book was selling a million copies a month, which was unheard of. And he talked about this vicious cycle of people get excited and then they fail to follow through. And this is something you have to break. And that's that's exactly what I see with this prey drive. Wow. That is dope. I think um I'm, I was talking about writing a book called The Purpose Driven Laugh. Um <laughs> 
I'm in. That's good. Yeah, didn't really. I'm working on it right now. It's purpose driven laugh. It's all about laughing. It's going places on purpose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like it. So I kind of tapped on something that kind of I just made up. But is there? Could there be a such thing as a counterfeit uh, pursuit where you're running from something and you're not even like? How does that? How would that play into what Coach is showing us right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think sometimes we run towards something that actually isn't even ours, right? So the prey drive is probably getting down to what's actually yours and who you really are. Uh, some people don't know that, though. They just run in a direction because it looks good or someone told them they should do it. And then I think that's when we get complacent, right, is because we don't actually have the purpose and the passion. Wow. And so my guess is kind of what you're talking about is, like, how do we tap into that raw emotion and passion to actually get them to do this consistently? Because once or twice isn't enough. Wow. I feel like we should call somebody who's not doing something with their life. I know this is, I know I'm <laughs> making this up of, right now. I know. There's a lot of people to call. I feel like we should call. Like, who should I call that's just stuck? Who do we know who's who stuck? Who wants to be called? <laughs> we should call somebody that's stuck, like for real. Like, oh, I've got do, a friend that's not doing anything. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, really. I'm really thinking about somebody who ain't doing, it's not that they're not doing anything. They're just kind of stuck. Well, well, let me ask you this, Coach. In the yeah, meantime, tell, tell me the origin story of this, because you were a very successful coach, and then if I was reading correctly, you kind of went like, hey, what was that about? And from that came all the rest of this. Can you tell us that origin story a little bit? Well, the, the, the story of origin was I was a deep disciple of Covey, uh, Stephen Covey, when I was 18 to 25 years old. So I studied the whole person theory. That was really what I was doing with my basketball players, is I was tapping into all four parts of their nature. It was hard to explain to people. People were constantly asking me what I was doing with the kids to win at that level. So I started writing books about it. That was, you know, 16 books ago. Hmm. And uh, wow. at 41 years old, I was in a workshop with a former Vietnam veteran who, w- who was in the war dog division of the Vietnam War. And his job was to go ahead of the infantry. Uh, th- and he had a dog. And he kept talking about the dog having a prey drive. And I was like, what is he talking about? And so I looked it up. And it, and it said, a dog's ability to stalk, capture, and kill prey. And it, it's just something I had this I had this moment of association where I said humans have a prey drive, but it's not their ability to stalk, capture, and kill. It's their ability to see something with the eyes, optically, or in the mind, in the imagination, and to have the persistence and intensity to pursue it, right? It's like a drive inside of them, but it has to be activated by something. So then I started thinking, over 30 years of coaching people, what activates that drive? Well, fear could activate that drive right? Uh, competition could activate that drive. Uh, exposure to something, meaning I see something that broadens my mind could activate that drive. Environments I'm in could activate the drive. And embarrassment could activate the drive in some mm. way. So I started going, kind of playing around with this. It took me about two years uh, to write the book through McGraw-Hill coming out January 31st. And uh, I said, man, I've been doing this my whole life. First as a, as a, as a young, literally like 19-year-old basketball coach with kids, all the way up to coaching the people I coach today. And I've coached people making millions of dollars a month that lost their prey drive, right? That Mm. hired me because they lost that drive. And so uh, it's just something I've been fascinated with. So the story of origin is 41 sitting in that workshop, having that big revelation that, man, I think humans have this drive, but it hasn't been activated. Mm. That is so cool. Yeah, when you said that, I was thinking, because I'm always thinking about a lot of the people that I run into or I may I don't officially coach people because uh, I don't really like people that much. It's not true. I love people, but I think it's I think what I was alluding to, and I found the connection. It, I noticed that some people are seem to be running from something. So it's almost as if you help people in this book and just your whole life 
find what that prey drive is. Yeah. Some people that I'm running into almost have a predator drive, meaning there's yeah. something that they're running from as opposed to you yeah. help them get to a point where they could be on the hunt as opposed to being hunted. Yeah. That is beautiful. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. So yeah. I'm going to make up a scenario. And uh, so, for example, I used to have a thought in my head all the time that ran in the backdrop. The thought was, uh, I'm not, and you can help with this too. I mean, probably, I, I don't know, you might fire me after this whole thing. <laughs> that's what you do to your people. Yep. <laughs> I used to have a, a thought, a driver in my head that's, that, that I didn't know about that said I wasn't smart enough. Right. And what it would do, what I found myself doing is unconsciously trying to prove to people that I was smart enough, but I didn't know I was doing it. I was just, it was like a predator drive. It was like driving me in conversations to constantly think or prove that I was smart enough, even though I didn't, wasn't doing it. If I, if I figured out what that was and then I came to you and be like, Hey man, that thing isn't pushing me anymore. That predator, it's not pushing me anymore. But now I'm like, ah, what do I do? Like, what would you say to me? How would you help get me back aligned up to even consider prey? Well, the, the truth is that there are negative things. And I go into this in the book that, that negative things or perceived negative emotions can be converted to activate the prey drive. Like, like when, you know, a, a slight where somebody makes fun of you or mm. somebody doesn't believe in you. It's like if you watch The Last Dance, uh, the documentary about the bulls. Michael Jordan almost always found something that yeah. was either real or perceived or fictitious. He just made it up. Like after a game, a person shook his hand and said, good game. And that just infuriated him to activate his prey drive. Or mm. he's having dinner and and George Carl, the, the, the opposing coach for the Supersonics, didn't acknowledge him in a restaurant the night before a game. Like he didn't acknowledge that that was Michael Jordan. So the very next night he scores 63 points. So – in the book, I talk about how you can use fear, uh, you can use uh, embarrassment, you can use uh, uh, negative emotion, anger, anxiety. You can actually use those if you know how to convert those to positive things. Is that is my primary driver's fear, you know? And it was a lot of the way I was raised, you know, maybe fear of losing what I've built in my life over thirty years of building it. But that actually activates it. So psychologists use a term called mental subtraction which is where you mentally subtract something that you really love and it could activate your drive, right? Like I take something I love and I go, man, what if I had to give it up or sell it or, and that activates my drive to go out and pursue and push. So I try to use all of these things with people to help them reconnect and maybe wow. purpose is a part of this. Actually chapter three of the book is how I believe your purpose finds you. You don't always find it. And it typically mm. finds you when you are pursuing something, right? And we've been taught to find your why. That's a big, a, a very popular thing in the world. If you just find your why. And I make the case in the book that I could actually know my purpose and still not be motivated to do it today. And I got to call upon something to fight through my feelings. Like I'm sure the number of times you've done uh, shows, because I've watched a lot of your shows and you at different churches and like, 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 I'm sure there's nights that you just don't feel like doing it because you've been doing it for a long time. Right. But you got to kind of find that activator to flip the switch in you. So I always say amateurs listen to their feelings. Professionals don't always listen to their feelings. Mm. They know how to fight through those feelings and call upon that drive. The athlete doesn't always feel like getting getting hit that hard on Sunday in a football game. The journey doesn't feel like singing, don't stop believing again, <laughs> you know, but mm. they do it and they know how to pick up. So 
that's kind of what I try to help people figure out is to crystallize what really activates it and how can you call upon it when you need it. I mean, I've been coaching people for 31 years. So, you know, I was in Texas this week speaking and and one day I just didn't feel like it. I'm like, man, I don't feel like motivating these people today. What? But but when I when I work through kind of how to activate my drive, then I go in there and I perform because that's what I do. Right. I know how to call on that drive to peak up for that for that performance. Wow. That is so cool. So he's actually um, like he like you're really like you lie to yourself to do the thing. That's what I'm that's the get. That's the gist of it. Be like, I'm going to lie to me, even though, you know, the truth. And then it sparks something in you to go get the thing done. Cause that's what Michael Jordan did. Like he would make up stories yeah. about the one dude who did something and didn't even do nothing. And then, wow, cool. And then after a few years and years and years, they got to come see you. Cause they don't know what's the truth. <laughs> they, and I help them figure right? it out. Yeah. And then you help them figure it out. That's so cool. Wow. But it's the story. I mean, it's like you said, it's a story. Yeah. It's, because you're right. Everybody is going to, you, you're going to make up a story anyways. Why not make up one that empowers you? So you can get done what it is you're called to do versus just living what whatever story you're, is just going to be made up based off of circumstances and what you may be pulling in from the past. Wow. This is beautiful. Yeah. Completely beautiful. So the book, you want to, everybody listening, you want to pre-order the book ASAP. The book is called Flip the Switch. Like flip the switch. And I like this title of this book because some of you guys may not have a drive right now. Maybe right now, on some level, in some way, you're kind of in the dark and not knowing exactly what to do. And when you're in the dark, what's the first thing you need to figure out how to do? Flip the switch so some light can come on so you can get the thing done. Wow. I think I just went off the cuff. I'm pretty sure I did. That was the off the cuff moment. Beautiful. Wow. Coach, you, that was awesome. Hey, let me ask you this question. What's the very first thing, let's say when you're coaching, you, let's say it's a brand new team, what's the very first thing you look for when coaching a team? When you fir- the, your first meeting with the team, what is the very first thing that you, that you say to them or the first adjustment you need to make even before you hit the court? Like what are you looking for when you first walk into the room to meet the team? Well, I, I really screwed this up when I first became a head coach is I kind of my first three years, I was only 22 years old when I first started. And I kind of motivated probably through fear because that's the way I was motivated as a, as an athlete when Ooh, I was playing. You were a, uh, a, yeah. a predator motivator at that point. Yeah, I, I just I, I kind of came in like, you know, there's a new sheriff in town. This is how it's going to be. And, and then I figured out about 25 years old that I wasn't winning any championships during that period. I was, I was getting to a point and my players wouldn't quit the team. They would just kind of quit emotionally on me wow. because of the way I was motivated. So at 25 years old, I made up my mind. I was going to be intense and positive. Mm-hmm. See, most people, the more intense they get, the more negative they become. And I just had this slight shift at 25 and, and I go, man, I'm going to be intense and I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be a guy people love to play for. So when I go in today and I coach a team, my first thing really is to get buy-in from them. And so I go in and I'm upbeat and I'm positive and I say, man, I'm going to I'm going to be that coach that you've always needed. I'm going to be the coach you love to play for. You know, the in the NFL, 24% of the players when asked said they wanted to play for Pete Carroll because he's upbeat, he's positive, he's high-fiving people. It looks like he's a player's coach. But then they ask, is he hard to play for? And they said he has incredible expectations, but the way he coaches us makes us want to play harder for him. 
Wow. And so now I go in and I try to get buy-in. If I go into any any corporate agreement or coaching teams, because I coach a lot of teams today who are trying to get more performance, the first thing is to understand they don't buy into the message until they buy into the messenger. Mm. And, Love that. and so I go in and I try to get buy-in to me. I like this guy. He's positive. He's upbeat. He can help me. And once I get that buy-in to me, then I can start bringing a methodology of how to build a culture, how Beautiful. to win, how to perform at a high level. Yeah, that's beautiful. You don't say you said you don't they don't buy into the message. They first buy into the messenger. That is beautiful. They right. have to. And I would say they're not going to buy into your mess unless it's some age around. OK, I messed that whole thing up anyway. So we're going to we're, we're going to spin the uh, we're going to spin the question generator. If you can hold your finger up like this and just spin it, a random question is going to show up on the screen and we're and then Jason will read the question to you. So. You're going to spin. You got to spin like this, coach. You got to go. There you go. Boom. You just spent. And then Jason, go ahead. Okay. It is, what is something that has happened in your life that every time you think about it makes you laugh uh, over and over again? Ooh. So every time you think about that question or that experience, you're laughing over and over again. You kind of laugh again. a little bit. Like, ha, ha, ha. Well, like anything that makes you laugh. Like when they told you you couldn't coach or when they called you a head coach and you was bald head. Like, ha, ha, I get it. My head coach. I just made that up. You got anything? You know, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not recall. Like my mind immediately went to just my mind immediately went to just times with my with my friends, you know, and, and oh, certain things good. that they did. And when we all get together, we all laugh about something really dumb that somebody did that was hilarious at the time. And yeah. it's like every time we get together, we just talk about that one thing, right? Yeah. It's like you believe he did that. Like that friend that's that you had that got fired by his therapist. <laughs> that dude. That friend. Anyway, that friend. you're awesome. Thank you so much, Coach. Thanks for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you. Yeah, all. thank you guys for having me. This is a lot. This has probably been the most fun podcast I've done promoting the book. So thank oh, you for that. Cool. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're going to put some links. We're going to put. We're gonna link the book up and make sure everybody uh, gets a copy of it. And when I get a copy, I'm going to make a copy and then sell them on my, in my tr out of my trunk. So that's going to be great, too. So I'll be sure. To <laughs> you got my permission to do that. It's Go cool. Because they love the messenger. It'd be me <laughs> as a messenger getting in the book. Versus. <laughs> All right. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Cool. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.